Hello, this is Allison Carter, Occupational Therapist with the Milestones Podcast. This is Episode 102, Fine Motor Skill Milestones. It seems like when most people have a new baby, they tend to focus on their baby's gross motor milestones. I think these are the more obvious skills that people watch for and want their kids to be able to do. These are things like rolling over, sitting up, crawling, and eventually walking. Walking seems to be the thing most people work towards with their kids. Once they can walk, they're basically good to go. When it comes to fine motor skills, I guess they tend to be less concrete and more abstract for many people. What is the obvious, ultimate fine motor skill people want to see their child do? String beads? Probably not. Build a three-block bridge? Not likely. We early intervention providers are the ones looking for those type of things, not parents, unless we point it out to them. It's a little harder to see the quote-unquote end goal here for fine motor skills, like walking is for gross motor skills. I think because we need to be able to coordinate our hands to do so many things in our everyday routines. So I thought I would go over the things that I feel are the major fine motor developmental milestones in early childhood. Before I get into it, though, let me remind you that you can support this show by doing a couple of different things. One of them is by purchasing CEUs of this show on my website at mymidwesttherapy.com. Not only does that help me out, but you also get the benefit of completing some of your license requirements. Look for the yellow Add to Cart buttons under Specific Episodes. You can also help by doing your online shopping using one of the Amazon links on my website. Finally, become a Patreon member and you will receive additional member-only benefits by joining. You can click the Patreon button on my website or just go to patreon.com and search Milestones Podcast. Back on to the topic for today. As I was going through and making the list of fine motor skills that I would consider milestones in early childhood, I began to realize that none of the skills I came up with would have been skills that most parents would come up with. Basically, the list I made is a list of fine motor skills that I and other early intervention providers would consider to be important fine motor milestones for development. Since I'm an OT, I can't help but relate these to specific functional skills. These will be things that will most likely correlate with what parents want to see their child doing. Although these correlated skills are things that we usually put under self-help, social, and cognitive areas of development. Because I doubt any parent says, I can't wait until my child can put three or more objects into a container, unless their OT puts that idea into their head for them, they are more likely to say something like, I can't wait until my child can feed herself finger foods. These types of things come up all the time when we are writing an IFSP, or an Individualized Family Service Plan. Service coordinators will want to know what types of fine motor goals we want to work on. And we usually end up writing a fine motor goal that revolves around a self-help skill, often around eating or feeding skills. So I'm going to give you the fine motor skill milestone and then relate it to daily life skills that parents would be more likely to really care about. 
But we need to know these fine motor skills that are foundational skills that are helpful in accomplishing these self-help and other functional skills. The first one to discuss is the infant being able to reach and grasp an object. This typically happens around four to six months of age. I would evaluate for this skill by having the infant lay on their back, hold a toy up above them, above their face or chest area, about arm's length away from their body. I would choose an object that is something they can grab a hold of, like a rattle or those links that hook together or something like this. If they directly reach for it and grab onto it, they have reached the milestone. The functional skill that parents may care more about and may be looking forward to more is when their baby makes eye contact with the parent and then also reaches for and touches the parent's faces when they're holding them. Some of the prerequisite fine motor skills leading up to this milestone include things like visually tracking objects across midline, reaching without grasping, active grasp when a toy is placed in their hand, and having their hands open about 50% of the time. The next fine motor milestone is being able to bang two toys together when holding one toy in each hand. We typically see this skill emerge around 9 to 12 months of age. I would evaluate for this skill by having the baby sitting on the floor and hold two toys out in front of them. Have them reach for each of the toys and grab each one, if they can. Then observe what they do. If they do not bang them together on their own, then I would hold one toy in each of my own hands and bang them together three or four times to model the skill for them. If they then imitate this and bang their toys together, we know they have reached this milestone. If they do things like only move one hand towards the other, lose their sitting balance when trying to bang them, or need to lay down to bang them together, then I would say this skill is still, <clears throat> is still emerging. Meaning they are close to reaching it, but they don't quite have all of the prerequisite skills they need to get it done all the way. Other prerequisite skills to reaching this milestone include things like holding one toy in each hand for an extended amount of time, bringing both hands to midline when they're lying down and sitting up with and without holding toys in their hands, and having a radial digital grasp, which is where they hold objects closer to the thumb and index finger side of their hand. This skill has a couple of functional activities that parents frequently look for in their child. These are things like holding their own bottle to feed themselves and also feed, finger feeding themselves things like crackers or other similar early handheld foods. Another option for a functional skill might be that they are able to clap their hands together. Many parents look forward to this skill as well when their baby claps to cheer for themselves or to do the clapping part for games like pat -a cake The next fine motor milestone I watch for is when they are able to build a tower with two blocks. This is a milestone because they are now able to hold a toy, reach accurately, and release the toy accurately so that it balances on top of the other block. We usually, usually see this skill around 12 to 16 months of age. I evaluate for this skill by watching them play with the blocks 
And I like to use the small wooden blocks, the one inch cubes if possible. That way the child can hold one easily in one hand. If I don't see the child stack two on their own, I would begin to model this action for them with some of the blocks. If they are able to then imitate putting one on top of another and having them balance, then we know they have reached this milestone. If they attempt to stack one on top of another, but it falls off when they release the block or they do not get it to stay on and balance, the skill is emerging but not yet completed. Some of the prerequisite skills to this one are things like releasing an object voluntarily, taking objects out of a container, putting three or more objects into a container before taking any back out, and imitating actions with objects or toys. The functional skill that parents might want their child to work towards instead may be something like seeing their child point at things in the home. The goal may be that the child will point at things in the home to let the parents know what they want. For example, they might point at certain toys they want to play with that are out of reach or point to their cup to get a drink. The next fine motor skill milestone is being able to imitate drawing a vertical line with a utensil. This typically occurs around 18 to 24 months of age. I evaluate for this with pretty much any writing utensil or tool. The parent or I will model drawing a line from the top of the page to the bottom and draw a second one about one inch to the side of that line parallel with that first line. I draw from top to bottom since that is the direction we read and write and I will give the verbal cue down at the same time as I'm drawing each of the lines. Then we ask the child to draw down and see what they do. If they draw lines that start up and move downward, I would count that as imitating the vertical line. If they only draw one in this direction, then stop drawing completely or start drawing in other directions, you might say the skill is emerging. Or if you can get them to try and copy you again another one to two times, they may have this skill pretty good. As I mentioned before, you can do this activity with any writing utensil or tool. So that to me means paper and marker, or crayons or paint, with a paintbrush, finger painting, or you can do this with drawing the line in sand, rice, or other sensory media using a stick or a spoon or really any tool that you can make, use to make the line with. The point is mainly to imitate and to use a tool to make the line. Prerequisite skills for this milestone are things like putting many toys into a container without removing any, inverting a small container spontaneously or in imitation to obtain an object from the container, and also spontaneous scribbling. These are all important fine motor skills, but a parent may be more interested in the self-help skill that goes along with this fine motor skill, and that is that the child will begin to feed themselves with a spoon or fork. Being able to imitate others and use a tool such as the spoon for purposeful actions are key skills to have for this milestone. If they are demonstrating an understanding of this concept, they will have a better chance of learning to feed themselves with the spoon or fork. The next fine motor skill is snipping with scissors. Kids can typically do this skill around 23 to 26 months. 
However, I find that many parents don't even consider teaching their kids the skill when they're two or even three years old. And I get it. But for our fine motor milestone discussion, this is a skill that we want kids to actually have. I would link this fine motor skill to the self-help skill of being able to drink from a cup independently. This also means giving up the bottle if they haven't done so already. Prerequisite fine motor skills that are helpful to being able to hold and drink from a cup are things like being able to use both hands together in midline, using two hands together with one holding an object and the other hand manipulating the object, holding a crown or other similar object with their thumb and fingers, and stringing a one-inch bead. I'm not sure I said this earlier, but with each of these milestones, when I talk about the prerequisite fine motor skills, I am giving the new fine motor skills that typically happen around or before this same time as this new milestone. But all of the skills that I talked about with the previous milestones plus others are included in with these later skills. So for example, with this skill of drinking from a cup, you would also look for them to have the skill of putting toys into a container, which was a prerequisite to the prior milestone of feeding themselves with a spoon. This should be obvious when talking about milestones because that is what happens. Skills build on each other to help the child make progress towards the next skills. Okay, and the final fine motor skill milestone is imitating building a three-block bridge. This typically occurs around 31 to 36 months of age. This is a skill that we often look for when children are getting ready to transition to a preschool-based program from an infant and toddler program. It is around the same time frame that we often look for a child to begin potty training if they haven't already. The fine motor skills that lead up to potty training include all of the fine motor skills I have already discussed in this episode, but also some additional skills such as imitating building a three-block train, building an eight-block tower, and placing pegs in a pegboard. It may not seem like these things are related to potty training, but they actually are. For one thing, having the fine motor skills to help manage their clothing for the toileting process, and also if we know where they are in their fine motor milestones at this age, then we may be able to better predict how toilet training is going to be. If they're struggling with the fine motor skills that are typical for this age range or developmental stage or time frame, then independent toileting may also be a struggle for them at that time. If they have the fine motor skills for this time frame, then they may have better success at potty training. So while these skills may not directly correlate, they may give you an idea of what to expect and what might be an appropriate goal to work on with them at this time. A lot of times, instead of relating this fine motor milestone to potty training, I will end up relating it to a different goal of working on skills to help prepare them for preschool, if that's appropriate. Speaking of school stuff, I think this is a pretty good segue into talking about a research study that I recently came across. I realized when I was writing this episode that I have not talked about any research studies in quite a while. Um, The study that I found for today is called 
Effectiveness of a Handwriting Intervention with At-Risk Kindergartners. Now, this is a little out of our early intervention focus, but I think it is still good information to have when we're working with the little preschool and early intervention ages. The study was published in the American Journal of Occupational Therapy in 2016, so it's relatively new. The study was looking at two different research questions with at-risk kindergartners. They considered at-risk to be those kindergartners who are receiving either an IEP, an Individualized Education Program, or, R- or RTI support, which is Response to Intervention. RTI is a general education program that is designed to help support students who may be struggling in the general education setting. Generally speaking, the interventions are provided to the student that are designed to match their needs in the general education classroom. The idea is to hopefully give them enough intervention and assistance in the regular classroom so they maybe won't need additional assistance or to move on to an IEP. The two questions they were hoping to answer in this study are whether the children who participate in a handwriting intervention demonstrate greater improvements than those who are not in that group. Secondly, if the ones in the intervention group will make greater gains in letter name recognition and letter sound recall than those kids who do not receive the intervention. The study used a handwriting intervention called Size Matters Handwriting Program, or SMHP. I'm actually not familiar with this one, so if anyone listening to the show knows about it and you would like to share if you like using it or not and why, please contact me with that information and I can share it in the next episode. So the study consisted of two groups of kindergartners. One group are kids that received the handwriting intervention led by an occupational therapist in their kindergarten classroom. And the other group did not receive this intervention. These kids were in a different classroom in a different school, but they were in the same school district. Both groups continued to receive their regular IEP or RTI interventions. There were 23 kids in the group that received the additional intervention and 12 kids who did not. The intervention group participated in 30 total sessions. They were held two times a week for 16 weeks and each session was 30 minutes long. Each session was also led by the lead researcher for the study who is an OT and three other adults were assisting. One was the classroom teacher, one was a certified OT assistant, and the other was an educational assistant, which I'm guessing is similar to a paraeducator. They completed two letters at each each session, except for a few sessions that were review of previous letters. The students were given a pretest and a post-test, so before and following the intervention period. The tests that they used for this were the test of handwriting skills revised and the North Dakota Title I Kindergarten Reading Standards Assessment. 
The results indicated that there was no difference in handwriting legibility between the control group and the intervention group before conducting the interventions. However, students in the intervention group demonstrated greater gains in handwriting legibility and pre-reading skills than the control group did after the intervention period. So the results indicated that the intervention was beneficial. There are a few limitations to the study, study, such as a small sample size and the different groups of kids not being equal. For example, there were more kids in the group that received the intervention versus the group that did not. Also, there were not an equal number of kids that were receiving IEP versus those receiving RTI. These things may or may not have been a factor in the differences between the groups. The study appears to support OT-led handwriting and pre-reading interventions in the classroom. To read more details about this study, you can find the link to the article in the notes for today's show. I'm going to end there for today. I wanted to thank you for listening and have a great day.